But I posted this very briefly on uh, August 17th okay, of this year. I said this, I've got a good friend who needs a miracle. And he was put on a ventilator in a St. Louis area hospital. And many of you prayed. We had lots of people praying, friends around the country and around the world praying. And I'm happy to tell you today that that fella is in this building today. And uh, Roger, give him a hand today. He's here. God did a tremendous miracle. God did a tremendous miracle in, in his life. And so, so happy that he is with us today and, and that everyone's with us. And I just want to report that today. Hey, there's power in prayer. There's power in prayer, and we serve a supernatural God. Uh, this isn't just the power of positive thinking. Uh, it's a reality in the power of God today and in the power of prayer. And so thank you for your prayers. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 36. Let me read a few, few verses to you today. It says this, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John. He became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little further. He bowed his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. And yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples. He found them asleep, and he said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. And when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went a third time to pray saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and he said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I want to talk to you about, today about unreserved faith. I, I began that last week talking about unreserved faith. And I talked to you last week about this little uh, boy who came with five loaves and two fish, and he, he willingly gave that. Uh, so that 5,000 families could be fed because he had unreserved faith in what God could do. Whenever I was a kid, I had a friend who was a pretty skinny, pretty thin guy, and he was always trying to gain weight. He was reading books about how to uh, have big muscles he was reading books about how to, how to build his strength and, and how to increase his physique. But you know what? The funny thing about that was I never remember seeing my friend ever lifting any weights. He talked about it. He read books about it. I never remember seeing my friend doing any kind of exercises, Nick. I never saw my friend do anything about it. You see, he dreamed about being strong. But there was no follow-through. And there's a lot of people today, there's a lot of believers today, and maybe you might be one of them, okay? We talk about being strong in the Lord. We talk about uh, having faith in God. 
and yet we do nothing about it. We, we don't make any kind of a move. Now, now, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says this, okay? It says, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. And in the King James Version, it says, the measure of faith has been dealt to every man or every person, okay? So you've got faith, whether you realize it or not. You say, I'm a total unbeliever, I'm an atheist. God's put faith on the inside of you. There's faith in your DNA, if you will, all right? And uh, I, I, I talked to a guy one time, and he, he said, I'm an atheist. He said, I want to believe, I'd like to believe, but I don't see any evidence, so I don't believe. But I, I told him, I said, whether you realize it or not, God has put faith when he created you. God put faith on the inside of you. And we need to pray that God will, will begin to stir up that measure of faith. And, and, we be, we, and that God will begin to do something. Now, there's some people, and they got a lot of pride in their life, and they say, well, Bob, I don't have a problem with that because I see myself, I am a spiritual giant. And I'm probably better than everyone else. I've got more faith. I've, I've got more good works in my life. I do more for the kingdom of God. But what, what Paul was writing to the Romans, he said, don't think you're better than everybody else. He said, be honest about where you're at. Be honest with your strengths and your weaknesses, especially your weaknesses. He said, the true test of faith is this, that what are you doing with the faith that God has put on the inside of you? What are you doing with that measure of faith? Are you stirring up that measure? Or are you reserving all of your faith? And so the first thing I want to talk to you about is this. Don't be distracted from God's presence. Don't be distracted from God's presence. After the Last Supper, let me look at these verses of Scripture that I've shared with you today. After the Last Supper, Jesus took the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. To the, to the Garden of Gethsemane. And they didn't think, the disciples didn't think that was too unusual because they've been to the Garden of Gethsemane a lot of times with Jesus on many occasions. And Jesus encouraged the disciples to pray in the Garden. Here's what he was doing. He was encouraging them to get in the presence of God for themselves, to begin to talk to God and to begin to have fellowship and communion with God. In the garden, he encouraged them to stir up that measure of faith by getting into the presence of God and by building up that level of faith that they had. And so in the garden, Jesus goes off by himself to pray, and the disciples knew that Jesus could pray for a long time. There's some, sometimes we go to church. I was raised in the kind of church where the pastor preached for an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and 30 minutes. You ever, you ever, were you in a church like that? I was in a church like that, okay? And I knew my pastor could preach a long time. There's some, the, the, the disciples knew that, and there's some people can talk for a long time, okay? The disciples knew that Jesus could pray for a long time. And they had often seen him go off by himself to pray. And while they, they went, maybe he encouraged them to pray. And they knew that many times when he was praying, they would get tired waiting for Jesus to finish praying. And so maybe they've been to the garden on other occasions with Jesus. 
And maybe they had got comfortable sleeping in the garden while Jesus was praying. Now, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't you feel safe and secure if you're there and Jesus is praying and Jesus is, is connecting with the Father? Man, that would be some great sleep, I'd imagine. You're free from the problems of life because you've got Jesus right there, close. And everything is okay. It's kind of like a child with a parent. You feel so safe. You feel so secure. And what the deal was, the disciples were depending upon Jesus' faith. For three years, Jesus' faith had carried them every single step of the way. But remember this, God has dealt the measure of faith to every single person. And if we'll begin to stir up that faith, our personal faith and, and personal walk in relationship with God will carry us through the storms and the difficulties of life. And we've got to learn to get into the presence of God for themselves, for ourselves. I had a grandmother who knew how to pray, all right? And uh, she knew how to get into the presence of God. When I was a child growing up, Many times I would hear my mother and she'd be in her bedroom praying, getting into the presence of God. And I'd hear her in there praying, talking to God. There are people that, that maybe you've been uh, grown up with or, 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 or you're, you've seen your parents get into the presence of God. Well, the Lord wants us to stop depending upon everyone else's personal experience. God wants us to get to the point that we stop depending on everyone else's faith and that we learn to get into the presence of God. You see, that very night in the Garden of Gethsemane, the world was getting ready to be turned upside down. Jesus knew it. And the disciples were completely unaware. They didn't realize that the foundation of mankind was about to be shaken by the coming series of events. They didn't realize that. Don't be distracted by the things of the world today. Don't be distracted by the problems that are going on in our society today. But let me encourage you, get into the presence of God. The devil would like to put, do nothing more than put fear into your life. You know, and say, man, things are really changing. Things are really being stirred up. What in the world are we going to do? Don't be distracted by fear. Learn to get into the presence of God. Because we serve a supernatural God. Learn to begin to talk to God and say, God, you, according to Romans chapter 12, 3, you have given me a measure of faith. I pray, God, that you'll stir up that measure of faith and I won't be distracted by fear. I won't be distracted by temptation. I won't be distracted by my own personal agenda because, God, I know that I need to enter into your presence today. I need to have unreserved faith that's going to keep me standing strong no matter what comes my way. Yes. Let me grab a drink here, okay? <clears throat> I guess we, I, you know, we're online. I guess we take the label off because we're afraid we're going to get sued or something. I don't know, okay? <laughs> I noticed the label's laying over there. We've got a lot of considerations nowadays. So while Jesus prayed for God's will, while Jesus prayed for strength, while Jesus travailed in prayer, the disciples were distracted by sleep in the garden. And here's the deal. Jesus knew 
They were sleeping. <clears throat> and Jesus stopped, on th- stopped praying on three occasions to go and find the disciples and challenge them repeatedly to get into the presence of God for themselves. Jesus came the first time. He said, guys, wake up. Don't be distracted by your weariness. Get up. Begin to pray. He came back again. He found them asleep again. He got to one point where he told Peter, he said, Peter, come on, Peter. He said, don't be distracted by your sleep and your weariness. Come on, Peter. Couldn't you at least pray with me for one hour? Peter, get into the presence of God so that your faith may be strong. So that you won't fall into temptation. And then finally Jesus kind of just threw up his hands and said, okay, if you want to sleep, you can sleep, all right? Jesus won't force you to get into the presence of God, okay? The pastor can't force you to get into the presence of God. You've got to decide to get in the presence of God for yourself. We've got to decide to seek God for on our own because we want to, because we see the need to, because we realize that we need the nourishment that comes from talking to God. And so Jesus let them sleep. And just that quickly, the Roman soldiers came with Judas, and Jesus was betrayed. He was arrested, taken to custody, custody, falsely accused. He was convicted, sentenced to die. (coughs) And all this totally caught the disciples by surprise. You know why? Because all along, Jesus had been teaching them. He had been preparing them. And they just ignored everything that Jesus said. And in a matter of less than 24 hours, Jesus would be crucified and he would die on the cross. The disciples found themselves all alone, all alone trying to figure out what in the world they were going to do. What in the world are we going to do? How in the world are we going to make it? Because our superstar has died. How many of you guys like to watch movies? Okay. Are there any really good ones out there today? Maybe, the, maybe after church you can suggest a good one to me, okay? But I'm, I've reached a point in my life where the only movies I'm watching are kids' movies, you know? Because my wife dictates my life. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there because I know someone will tell her that, okay? And I just want to see what her response is, Okay? But we watch movies, okay, and when we're watching the movie, like Debbie and I, we'll be watching a TV show some night, and I'll say, and I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of television, okay, but I, we're watching a TV show, and I say, hey, that guy's getting ready to get killed. Debbie goes, no, that, he, he can't get killed. He's a star, one of the stars of the show. No. They won't kill him, okay? No, no, they won't. Because they got to have him. He's got a big contract. I said, well, I don't know. I, I don't watch this. It just seems like they're getting ready to knock the guy off. Okay? But you, you watch a, a movie, and you're watching it, and the star gets killed. Wow. What in the world happened there? How's that possible? That guy was the star. Well, maybe, I don't, I don't know. They're, maybe they're going to make a sequel with the son, you know? I don't know. Okay? And it was kind of like that with Jesus, because when he died on the cross, their star died upon the cross. They thought this can't be happening. This can't be true. We can't survive without Jesus. We can't make it. Well, all along, 
Jesus had been trying to talk to them. He had tried, been trying to equip them. He had been trying to prepare them. Don't let the things of life distract you from the presence of God. Don't let the fear distract you from the presence of God. Don't let your personal opinions distract you from the presence of God. Don't let your, your, your business distract you from, from going after God. A lot, of, a lot of folks today are so busy. Well, Pastor Bob, the reason we can't come to church is because we got to work on Sunday. And it's, it's just impossible, and we just got to have the money, okay? The deal is you're distracted, okay? You're distracted by the things of the world. I, I realize we got to have money, okay? But I, I, I understand. Don't be distracted. But don't be distracted by, by hidden agendas. And, and don't be distracted by secret sins and secret compartments in your life. Don't be distracted by these things. Because we have got to get into the presence of God. And I believe that every single person has got a hunger for God. You, you can go the, to the most remote villages in the world. And you will find in the most re remote villages in the world that uh, they've erected statues and they've erected idols that are shaped like their gods. Why? Because there's a, there's a desire on the inside of them to connect with the presence of God. And God put this in every single one of, one of us. Do not be distracted from the presence of God. Jesus will not force you to get into the presence of God. He will not force you to pray today or to seek after God. But we need it today. In our spirit, we need it today because this, point number two, the presence of God gives us power to stand. <clears throat> the presence of God gives us power to stand. You say, I don't know what I'm going to do if such and such happens. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do if, if, if my father passes away. I don't know what I'm going to do if, if this happens. I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens. Here's the dilemma. We're, we're relying on ourselves. we got to get into the presence of God because life is full of difficulties, okay? Life is full of changing circumstances. Life is full of changing events. And, and the word of God... Uh, Moses told the tribe of Asher, he spoke a blessing over them. He spoke a blessing over every one of the tribes of Israel. And this is the blessing he spoke over the tribe of Asher. He said this, as your day, so shall your strength be. If you'll get into the presence of God on a regular basis, as your day, so shall your strength be. God will prepare you. He will equip you today for that. Because the presence of God gives us power to stand. You don't hurt God when you sleep, okay? You don't hurt God, get this today, you don't hurt God when you live in fear. That doesn't hurt God. He's God, okay? He is God. You do not take away from his power one bit. Every person could deny him. That does not take away from the reality and the existence of God. We don't hurt God when we seek possessions, we don't hurt God, get this, we don't hurt God when we miss church. We don't, that don't hurt God, okay? We, we don't hurt God when we, when we fail to read the, read the Bible. We, we don't hurt God, okay? We're hurting and damaging ourselves. 
because we need to get into the presence of God because the presence of God will give us power to stand. Jesus, for three years, had been breathing faith into the disciples. And the disciples never imagined that Jesus would die on the cross. And he died on the cross. They laid him in a tomb. He laid there for three days. On the third day, he rose from the grave. He, he appeared to the disciples after three days. He was alive. And the disciples saw the resurrected Jesus, and they began to understand what was going on. They began to realize what Jesus had been teaching them all along. You see, there comes a time in our life where we finally wake up and we finally realize what God is trying to say to us, how God is trying to speak to us. There, there comes a time in our, hopefully there comes a time in our Christian experience where we realize the importance of not just coming to church on Sunday morning, but getting into the presence of God on Monday and getting into the presence of God on Tuesday. You say, how do I do it? You can be driving down the road talking to God. I've had some of my best, best prayer meetings driving down the road in my automobile, okay? Now, a lot of times when I do, I'm, in the, I'm just how, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in elated in the spirit, and someone pulls out in front of me. And I don't have a very godly thoughts right then, okay? <laughs> what in the world? That, that jerk, all right? Listen, getting into the presence of God, we all need to do this. And so the disciples began to realize, after they saw the resurrected Jesus, they began to realize that God had a purpose for them. Because Jesus had already told them in John chapter 14, verse 12, he said this. Jesus told them on, at the Last Supper, he told them this. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus said, listen, this is your time to carry on my work. And he said, you can do this. You can change your world. And that's my message to you today. You can do this because of Jesus Christ. You can make a difference in the world because of Jesus Christ. If you will learn to get into the presence of God, you'll have the power to stand. You will have the power to testify. You can do this today through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and through the testimony of what God has done in your life if you will get into the presence of God because he will give you the ability to do the will of God and to follow the Great Commission which is to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, there comes a time in life, hopefully, there comes a time in our life where we stop sleeping in the garden, okay? There comes a time in life when we stop listening to grandma pray. There comes a time in life when we stop listening to mom pray, okay? And we start praying for ourselves. We start getting the presence of God for ourselves. We start pressing in for ourselves. We realize we, we need a personal walk and relationship with God. We need to seek God more than pleasure. We need to seek God more than building our wealth or building our nest egg or building our business. All those things are important. Okay, But that's not the main thing. We got to keep the main thing the main thing. Okay? And we were created, you know what sin is? 
Sin is failing to glorify God because the Bible says this in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You were created to glorify God. That is your purpose. That is the main thing, to exalt Jesus Christ. And we got to keep the main thing the main thing. But there comes a time in our life that we get rid of hidden, concealed habits that displease God. There comes a time that we no longer allow our job and our business to keep us from getting into the presence of God. There comes a time. Last thing today is this. Unreserved faith will exalt God. You see, the time comes when we are the mature believers. The time comes when we can't keep quiet about the greatness of God. The time comes when you and I are the prayer warriors. You know, grandma's gone on. Maybe mom's gone on. The preacher's gone on. But there comes a time when we become the men and women that know how to talk to God. Darla, the, the time comes that we're the men and women know how to get in the presence of God. There comes a time that we're the men and women who are able to stand on faith. And we just don't talk about spiritual strength. We just get in there and we just get close to God. And God builds us up and equips us that no matter what happens, we know that God is on his throne. When I was a kid, when I was a child, I was so afraid of the devil. I just, you know, because back in, in those days, all these people are talking about how powerful the devil is, and the devil's going to do this, and the devil's going to do that. And, the, I, I, and so I'm a kid, and I'm imagining that the devil's going to sneak into my bedroom in the middle of the night and choke me to death, you know? And it's got this picture in my mind. It's like, the devil comes in, and I look, and I can see the shadow coming at the devil. And just like, I'm just petrified. Chris, you know, Christina, I'm petrified. We're thinking about the devil coming in the middle of the night. And I had an aunt who uh, was a great lady of faith. And she would talk to me and she would read the, the scriptures to me and what, what God said in the word that the devil had, didn't have any power or authority over me. And that gave me a lot of comfort, you know. And I said, hey, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. You know, I get all pumped up and then, you know, be bedtime and I'm, Scared the devil's going to come in there again, choke me, you know. Good night. But there becomes, there, there come a time in my life, something happened in my life, and I begin to get into the presence of God. I begin to grow up first. I begin to get rid of the distractions, okay? I begin to enter into the presence of God for myself in prayer and in faith believing. Here's what happened. I begin to stir up. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the measure of faith has been dealt to every single person through prayer and reading the Word of God and praying in the Holy Spirit. I begin to stir up that measure of faith in my own life, and I begin to live on unreserved faith. I begin to grasp the promises of God and the purpose of God for myself. And I realized this, the devil didn't have no authority over me. He could not come and, and take my life. He, had, he did not have that right. I was a child of God, and he could not touch me. And it is my time to tell people how great God is. And that's what I want to tell you today, how great God is this morning. And it is our turn as a collective 
group of people. It is our turn to talk about how powerful God is. It's our turn to talk about the forgiveness of God. It's our turn to talk about the mercy of God. It's our turn to tell people that that they can come to Jesus exactly as they are and that he will in no way cast them out and, and, and he will do an amazing work in their life. It is our turn because unreserved faith will exalt God. When we get to that point, there comes a time when we're the mature believers and God has a plan for every single one of us to do as well in our generation. You know, many, many folks come to church. I'm getting ready to close in, in just a moment. There's a lot of people that come to church, and uh, we, come, we say, well, I checked that box off. I, got that God, I, I checked off the God box for the week, and then we go about our own business. We begin to do everything else in life that we wanted to do. But uh, there comes a time when, when uh, we're the mature believers. We realize God has a plan for us, not just a Sunday morning plan. God's got a Monday plan. God's got a 24-7 plan for us, right? We see that. And uh, I, I'm no longer living for the moment. I'm, I'm learning to pray. I'm learning to get into the presence of God. I'm, I'm learning to connect with God for myself. I'm learning to speak out faith. I'm learning to speak out life. I'm learning to speak out the word of God. I'm testifying to the greatness of God. I'm fully grasping the purpose of God. If, if, if we will begin to live on unreserved faith, if we will stop being distracted by everything else but the power of God, it seems like people today, got, they've got time for everything else but the presence of God, everything else, everything else seems to be more important. Everything else is a priority than the presence of God. But if you and I will, will get to that point, we'll begin to get hungry for the things of God. And we'll begin to get hungry to, to, to talk to God. And if we will all come together and grasp God's purpose, there, there will be no lack of, of, of there'll be no lack today. We won't be struggling trying to find someone to help us do this or help us to do that or help us to serve. Or, or if we fully understood the passion and purpose of Jesus, there would be no lack of people. There would be no lack of, of time and talents and treasures to present Jesus Christ to this generation. But the problem is many of us are asleep in the garden. Many of us are still living and we got our faith is reserved, you know. Just like all of our other stuff is reserved, our faith is reserved. We got all of our times reserved, all of our money's reserved, all of our talents are reserved. You know, we're saving them up. We don't know what we're saving them for. We're saving them for something. But if we would all come together, it, it, we cannot imagine what God can do if, if we would all just catch the vision of what Jesus Christ wants to do. We cannot imagine what could happen if we would all begin to share our faith and if we would begin to talk about the greatness of God. You know, and, and, and we do that as the Holy Spirit leads us. We do that as the Holy Spirit directs us. We do that as the Holy Spirit opens the door at just exactly the right time. And we wait for that to happen today. We wait, wait to, for that to happen today.
you know, one person. People keep asking me, so when are we going to get in that new church? When are we going to get in that new building? I'm going to be honest with you, folks. We got a lot of work to do on that building. And you say, when's it going to happen? And it's going to happen when, only, when we get past one or two people trying to do everything. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, there's, there's stuff that needs to be done over there. And uh, it, it won't be done in a couple hours. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's, there's stuff that can be done. There's, there's, there's things that, that's, that's going to have to happen. I had more people at the convention ask, when's that church going to be done? When's that, when's that project going to be done? It's just like, well, when I can get enough people that really want to do something and we begin to work together, yeah, then we'll finish it. And I'm still waiting for that to happen. Like I said, I'm not talking about one or two hours. It ain't going to be something like that, folks. It's not going to be we're going to go over there one afternoon and we're going to say, well, we did it. No, it's not going to be that, okay? There are many things that's got to be done. There, there's finances that needs, needs to come in. We're, we're, right now we're waiting on some resources to come in, to buy some stuff, to buy some carpet, to buy things here and there. Because I'll be honest with you, we, we've run out of money. So there's, there's a lack of, of resources there. But uh, when, when we all begin to come together, and there's, there's gifts and there's talents. There's gifts of talents of people in this auditorium. There's gifts of talents of people that's watching online right now, of things that, that you could do. If, if you would be willing, things that you could do. And uh, I just want to encourage you. And I had no intention of even mentioning that to you today. But I, I feel that it's appropriate. I feel that it, it is appropriate. And, uh, and, and there again, the building is not an end within itself. We don't get in the building and say, well, we did it. Building's done. Aren't we proud of ourselves? No, that building is a tool. That's all it is. It's a place where we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and I am amazed when I'm over there working, I'll be over there working, and I'm over there doing something, and I turn around, there's a homeless guy over here, and he starts talking to me, you know. Hey, are you the pastor of this church? Turn around. Wow, yeah, my name's Zach. You know, I met a guy over there, named, named, homeless guy named Zach, Zach Isom, you know. And he began to talk to me about the things of God. Had another guy over there by the name of Tony been talking to me about the things of God. Had people driving up, pulling in that driveway, talking to us about the things of God. Hey, people are looking today. They're, lo they're, they're searching. They're hungry today. People are seeing so much uncertainty in the world. And they're saying there's got to be, there, something's, God's up to something. God's up to something. And we got to stop being distracted by our fear. We got to be distracted by our own opinions, by our own ideas, by, the, by our own interpretation of the things of God. And we got to realize this that, that God has dealt a measure of faith to me. And I got to stop wasting my time sleeping. I've got to stop wasting my time pushing after everything else. And I've got to get into the presence of God. And that's going to take some time. And that's going to take some getting into the Word. And that's going to take some, some prayer to work and to serve God. That's what, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. <clears throat> that's what it's going to take.
Don't be distracted from God's presence. The devil's trying to distract so many people because the presence of God will give you power to stand. And your unreserved faith will begin to exalt God. And when we begin to exalt God, lives are changed because people are saved. When we begin to talk about the greatness of God, just like that testimony I shared with you before the service began, please pray for a dear friend. He's in the hospital. He needs a miracle. He's on a ventilator. Praise God. God has touched him. God's given him a great miracle in his life today. And we begin to talk about the greatness of God. We don't do it. God does it. God does it. Those people you know, that friend of yours that you know, that maybe is a, there's a, they're an atheist, they're, a, they're an agnostic, they're totally indifferent to God. You know what? The measure of faith has been dealt to them, and God is speaking to that person. And we look at a lot of people and just, we, we write them off the list. Oh, they, they, they ain't never going get, to get right with God. God ain't going to do anything great in their life. Yeah, they're, they're, what's going to happen is God's going to touch them. The Lord's going to save them. The Holy Spirit's going to equip them. And they're going to turn the world upside down. That's what's going to happen. Unreserved faith. Getting into the presence of God. I got to get into the presence of God. I got to get into. I, I come back last summer. I come back from our, uh, we had our convention down in, our, our big national, international convention down in Frisco, Texas. And um, I come back from that convention a different person because God showed me some things I need to get rid of. God showed me some stuff I need to kick out of my life. And I came back, and, 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 and when God begins to deal with us about that, about some stuff we just need to get rid of, some habits we need to get rid of. So I'm, talking about, I'm talking about little small things, things that might seem so insignificant, but what they're doing is they're distracting us from the presence of God. They're distracting me from my prayer life. They're distracting me from that measure of faith being stirred up. That's what's happening. And a year ago, I went down there to Frisco, and God said, you need to get rid of some stuff. You need to get rid of some junk. And I got rid of it. And, man, things haven't been the same since then. Amen. Let's close with prayer. Let's close with prayer today. We're going to sing a song, but we're going to end our online experience right now with this prayer. Dear God, right now, I just thank you, Lord, that you taught us this valuable lesson when you went to the garden on the eve of your crucifixion. You went there to the garden and you challenged the disciples to pray. You challenged the disciples to get into the presence of God for themselves. And they were unaware. They were unaware of what was getting ready to happen. And because of that, they were asleep. And you kept coming back. And you kept prodding them. And you continued to challenge them to wake up from their slumber. And I believe, God, today that you are, you are stirring us through, this, through your word. You're challenging us today of the importance of getting into your presence, of letting some stuff go, of, of getting rid of some things in our life that is interfering with your presence. Because, God, in these days, we need your presence to stand. We need your Holy Spirit to help us to stand. We need an understanding of your word to build our faith so we can stand, not in fear, but we're going to stand in faith. 
and we're going to realize that the best is yet to come. In spite of circumstances, in spite of what it looks like on the outside, the best is yet to come because I believe that men and women are ready and they're looking and they're searching for Jesus. They might not even know it, but God use us and help us that we'll live in unreserved faith because when we live in unreserved faith, we're going to talk about your greatness. We're not going to talk about problems. We're not going to talk about how great the devil is. We're going to talk about how great our God is. And we thank you for this. Use us, draw us in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, would you stand with us?